Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Hi, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. I am going to be completely transparent with you. As many of you know, the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcasts always launch on a Wednesday because Health, Wealth, Wednesday, I don't know, it just seemed to make sense in my brain. So it is Tuesday at 5 p.m. and I am recording this episode for tomorrow's launch. I am behind on just about everything in my life right now and instead of getting really overwhelmed and defeated by that, I told myself, Nicole, you are just going to show up authentically because I know you guys love listening to these podcast episodes. And to be honest with you, I am loving them more and more each time I get to record an episode. It just allows me to, I don't know, enter your life and share a piece of my life and my coaching mantra with you in a really unique and special way. So Here we are, and today I want to talk to you about my therapy truths, which might sound a little silly, like what the heck does that have to do with nutrition, Nicole, but I have been in therapy now for, sheesh, I guess like three and a half years, and let me preface this by saying I am a psych graduate. So my undergraduate degree is in psychology. I love studying people. It's in part what makes me so good at what I do, but I have always loved and believed in the power of mental health and the connection that mental health has with physical health. So when my brother passed away, coming up on four years ago, I was like, ah, I know this. Like, I know what therapy is going to do. You know, I know what the therapist is going to say. I don't need that. I've got this. And turns out I didn't because trauma is really powerful and most of us don't have the tools to deal with that on our own. And that's okay. There's no shame in that, even though society places a lot of shame in that. So I went for about six months trying to manage my grief and my loss on my own. And thankfully I had the wherewithal to give my husband the trump card. So I said, you know what, I'm going to, I really want to try to do this on my own, but if and when my grief starts getting in the way of our quality of life and I start losing the big picture, I want you to kindly and gently let me know that maybe it would be a good idea to seek out some professional help. And he pulled that card about six months after I had tried on my own. And I'm so glad that he did. Because not only have I found an amazing therapist, uh, the process has been truly, truly life-changing. And as you know, I'm a huge advocate of the belief that even coaches need coaches. Everybody needs someone in their corner, 
right? So even if you think you have all your shit together, nobody has all their shit together. So I always think therapy is a good idea, whether it's for a tune-up or I've been going for three and a half years now because what started as dealing with loss from a brother and a best friend morphed into, okay, well, I grew up in this really conservative Christian family and while that itself isn't inherently bad, some of the scripting and some of the messaging that was promoted in my life by various sources has been detrimental to my growth as an individual and to my role as a wife and a business owner and a daughter, you name it. So I've been working through my shit, essentially, and trying to become the healthiest version of myself that I possibly can be. And I think a lot of that is is a process. It's not something that happens overnight, much like reaching your sustainable fat loss goals. It's not a 30-day fix. It's something that requires time and attention and work and consistency. So here I am. Uh, still going. And actually, I've started dragging my husband along with me, which we have grown to love together. So today's episode is uh, my therapy truths because I want to share some things with you that have come up through the therapy process that I think will be relatable to your life. And in fact, I know they will be relatable to your life because it comes up all the time with my one-on-one nutrition coaching clients. And I know this comes as no surprise to you, but in nutrition coaching, sometimes we don't talk a lot about nutrition. Certainly, there are instances where we do, but there's also a lot of instances where the majority of our conversation is surrounding other stressors and anxiety-provoking events that are going on in your life that are preventing you from being consistent with your nutrition and exercise and self-care behaviors. So... Let's talk about mental health. And I know it's a taboo topic, like, ugh, mental health, it has such a stigma. But let's break that, please, because we all need mental health. I don't know why it's such an icky topic for us to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it because you know I'm all about those hashtag hard truths. So I just have a, a few things that have really made a difference in my life, things that my therapist has shared with me that I want to share with you. Please. Hear me when I say, I am completely paraphrasing. None of this is her wordage verbatim. This is how it has resonated with me in my life and take it or leave it. Whatever sticks, whatever resonates with you. Uh, But a few of these have been really, really powerful in my life and I feel like for me not to share is, is only detriment. So here we go. One of the things that I wanna share with you is uh, when my therapist said, Nicole, you need to stop waiting for the approval of other people because you will never get it. And start giving yourself the approval you're searching for. And boy, was this a doozy. Because if you know me, you know my love language is words of affirmation. I love a good affirming comment. You validate me like gold star. Yes, that means so much to me. And I was raised to look for validation and approval from everyone around me, like straight A's, bing, 
you got it. Yep. I'm going to be, you know, the captain of all five sports teams on my school. Like, yeah, bing, you got it. Like, yes, give it to me. I will do it. And I will do it really well because that's the expectation that was placed on me. And then of course I go above and beyond and set the expectation that I have to do it perfectly on myself because I want people to praise me. Praise is good or at least that's what I was taught. And so I lived, hmm, at this point, I can still say the majority of my life looking for validation and approval from others. Everything I did was to meet an expectation that someone else had placed on me. I did a really sucky job at asking myself what I wanted and pursuing that. What was healthy for me and pursuing that. I did what was going to get me praise, adoration, and approval. And my therapist was like, girlfriend, that's not going to happen. So you could spend your entire life hoping, wishing, dreaming, praying that you're going to get this approval, but you will never, ever satisfy everyone. So what if you stopped looking for validation from those external sources and you started being enough for yourself? Just what if, right? Like think on that for a second. And it reminded me of a Brene Brown quote. I am a huge Brene Brown fan. If you have not checked her out, oh my gosh, please do. She's the best. Um, And her quote is, nothing has transformed my life more than realizing that it's a waste of time to evaluate my worthiness by weighing the reaction of the people in the stands. And this hits home so much to me because everything I did, everything I said, I was looking to see, ooh, who's impressed? Who is going to compliment me for doing that well? And that's what I judged my worthiness according to. And guys, that's a total life suck. I can tell you firsthand, it doesn't work and it drains you. And then you look back and you're like, why did I do any of that? It wasn't even what was best for me. So become enough for yourself. Validate yourself and own your enoughness, regardless of what anyone else thinks or says. That's a really, really hard one. And I'm sitting here like, man, that like spoke to my heart right now. (laughs) I'm still learning this right along with you. The next uh, therapy truth I wanted to share with you is that your struggle deserves to be felt and acknowledged, even if someone else's struggle seems superior. And this is a tough one because I think this really hit home for me when my therapist and I were talking about the fact that I did lose my brother to an opioid addiction, which is something I hope no one has to experience. And yet I know it's a reality of the world that we live in. And I can't, I can't begin to put that into words, right? Like it's, it's the worst. And I have my perspective as a sister losing a brother and a best friend But I can't begin to imagine what it's like to be a parent and lose a child. So I thought, well, yeah, I'm struggling. Like this is, this is the worst ever, but my parents, like they lost a child. I, my struggle doesn't even compare. I can't, no, like I, I can't feel sad for myself because what about them? Their struggle is so much bigger than mine. And my therapist helped me to realize that struggle doesn't come in size. 
struggle is struggle. And your struggle deserves to have a voice. And it reminded me of a conversation I had with a client just a couple weeks ago. And she started sobbing on our coaching call, which I always say emotion is welcome here because the coaching process evokes a lot of emotion. If you have a good coach, they're doing some digging and we're uncovering some uncomfortable stuff. So we were talking about why she couldn't prioritize her action items. Like, hey, we thought we were going to move forward with you know this when it came to your relationship with food or your exercise activity. What happened? And she has a lot going on, right? Like mom has an illness and uh, she's the caretaker and is also a breadwinner for her family and is volunteering in various aspects of her community. And like, she's a total rock star. But because she sees all these other people struggling in ways that in her eyes are worse off than she is, her struggle of feeling stretched too thin and not seen doesn't rate. And that's complete nonsense. Your struggle deserves to be seen. And if you're struggling, you need to speak up about it. Ask for help, reach out, because it doesn't matter how small or insignificant your struggle feels, it deserves to be acknowledged. And if you don't acknowledge it and you just keep shoving it down because someone else has it worse off than you, right? That was something I heard all the time growing up. Well, you're, you have it better than a lot of people out there. It's true. But it doesn't mean I still can't struggle sometimes. And it doesn't mean you still can't struggle sometimes. So if you're struggling, it's okay. The next therapy truth I want to share with you is that perfect is a shield for vulnerability. It doesn't exist, so ditch the whole notion and just be true to yourself. You'll get so much further and you will feel so much more authentic. And this is kind of a funny one. So if, if you're a coaching client or if you've ever communicated with me, you'll know that perfect is a word I like to use a lot. And I've started using it flippantly just because I'm so accustomed to it. So someone says, hey, Nicole, I, I did my like protein goal, hit it for the week. I'm like, perfect, yay, right? Like it's just me celebrating. And my therapist was like, You've got to get rid of that. Like even throw it out from your vocabulary because you are comparing everything against this perfect image. And if you're not perfect, you're not putting yourself out there, right? And I, I edit myself a lot. I try to be as transparent and vulnerable as possible with you guys because I know that's what you love and it's what you relate to. And so I, I've gotten better as I've, as I've evolved myself. I used to only put out picture-perfect content, right? And I would proofread it like a hundred times before sharing it with the internet world because, you know, God forbid it had a mistake or I slipped up and said something I didn't mean or what have you. And I've since realized like we're all people and people are imperfect and I'm just going to throw my life out there because chances are if I'm struggling with this, you are too. But I still struggle with this idea of perfect. So what does the perfect life look like, right? Like how can I be perfect with my food choices? And, and a lot of my clients relate with this, right? Like all or nothing thinking. I have to be perfect or 
not at all, right? Like I might as well just eat Pop-Tarts and pretzels all day, every day. And perfect doesn't exist. It doesn't exist ever. Whether we're talking about a relationship with food, whether we're talking about a relationship with the romantic partner, whether we're talking about how you show up in the world, like nobody can show up perfectly. And this has been a really super hard lesson for me to learn because I wanna be perfect. But that's just not possible. And it reminded me of another Brene Brown quote that I'm gonna share with you. And that is because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. Ouch, that one hit me where it hurt. Uh, Because I used to think, and in some ways still do, that if I was showing up in the world perfectly, then I would have all of the validation and all of the worthiness and all the belonging I could ever want. But at the end of the day, if I don't accept myself, my imperfect self, my authentic self, I don't really have any of that. So I'm getting better. This is something I continue to work on. Let's be imperfect together, yeah? Hold me accountable, please. The next therapy truth I wanna share with you is one that I've shared on social media before because this one is so good. It's that rupture is required, but repair is optional. So this one actually came up when my husband and I were going to therapy together and we grew up very, very differently. I'm not sure if any of you can relate, but I grew up uh, very conservatively. There was a right way to do things and a you're going to hell way to do things. And obviously I was very good at following the right way to do things. And in part because I had a sibling that didn't and he wanted to kind of push the boundaries and learn from his own mistakes. Whereas I I used to say this all the time, I learned really well from other people's mistakes and like that I was a goody two shoes, right? And I felt like I had to compensate for his behavior. So if he would... I don't know, make a a choice that maybe would bring disapproval from my parents or like shame to our family in some way. I felt like I had to be the one to uphold our family values. Like I was Mulan or something. I don't know. It sounds so crazy when I say it out loud, but like this is to my core, like what I believed growing up. And so Patrick, my husband, grew up very differently and not from this conservative Christian background. So initially our communication, it needed work because I was full of shame um, because of the way that I grew up and the behaviors that I was executing now and how they weren't in alignment with that belief system. And he was like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, forget what anyone else thinks and just live your life. And I couldn't, like, I just couldn't. So our communication initially, we had some bumps because we just couldn't see through the other person's lens. And our therapist was great at saying, guys, this is gonna happen. Like, look at your upbringings, look at your personalities. Like they're very different. And that's that's not a good or a bad thing. It just is the rupture, the disagreement, the friction it's required. It's going to happen. It happens in every relationship, whether we're talking about romantic relationships or your relationship with food. Like again, nobody's perfect. Something's going to rupture. Something's just going to go wrong. It's your choice 
to choose to repair the rupture. Whether that's romantically or with your relationship with food. So what I see a lot of is my clients struggling with the rupture. Like, ah, this thing didn't work. And I just got a text today from a client who was like, I feel like I'm not being a good client recently. Like I just, life is happening and I can't juggle it all. Like mom life, work life, wife life, like all these things. I just, I'm not, that happens. It's our job to decide how we're going to repair that. And hopefully it's not with all or nothing thinking and we say, ah, this doesn't work, I'm moving on. Because we have to learn how to balance career if we choose to, family if we choose to, and our frame, our health if we choose to. But rupture happens. It doesn't mean it's the end of the road or that you've fallen off a wagon. Repair is up to you. And that was really helpful. And it's continued to help in our relationship, Patrick and I's relationship. And it continues to help with all of my coaching clients and certainly my own relationship with food as well. So I hope that rings true for you too. The next therapy truth I want to share with you is that a lot of our trigger behaviors are trauma responses. So do the digging, find what traumas are holding you back from living your life to the fullest and then put in the work to repair them. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot to unpack here, and I can't begin to do it justice. So if you're in the market for a good therapist, let me know. I'll hook you up. But this one came out recently in a therapy session where I was talking about, and again, if you follow my content, you know I'm a hardcore introvert, but I'm really good at extroverting because performance was important Uh, growing up in the belief system that I did, right? Like having a bad day, put on a happy face. Someone has it worse off than you. Struggling, like we can't let anyone know that this is what our family is dealing with. We just need to like, you know, be the picture perfect. Family, picture perfect life. You need to, you know, and I put a lot of that on myself, right? I need to be this picture perfect person. Not a thing. So when we get invited out to social events, I groan a little bit inside. And I'm not saying it's bad to be an introvert because I love being an introvert. I recharge by myself. But I also think there's a difference between going out socially and not having it be rejuvenating, but still having fun. And then going out socially and having it feel like work which is where I've been recently. And a lot of that is because my work schedule has actually been quite full. So then I go to socialize. And for me, being in a social environment, I feel like I have to be on. And I don't know if you can relate to that, but I need to put a face on and I need to be engaging and I need to have stimulating conversation and I need to have a smile plastered on my face. And it's messed up, right? Like when you think about it, it's totally messed up. What if I'm having a bad day? Or like, what if I'm not feeling talkative? What if I just want to sit there? And my therapist was like, Nicole, what happens if you're not on? And I I seriously said this, guys. I was like, I don't know. Like maybe people will find me like really monotone and boring. And she just started cracking up because obviously we know each other well. She was like, Nicole, I've known you for years. And I... I don't think you could ever be monotone or boring. Like even if you didn't come across as being on or in performance mode. So she really challenged me and I'm going to work on this. So 
if we happen to have the opportunity to go out socially, I'm going to try not to perform and I'm going to try to work through that trauma response because there is some trauma with feeling like I need to be someone that people admire and look up to. But guys, that's a lot of pressure. And I hope you do admire my coaching philosophy because I really think it's life-changing and it's powerful when compared to deprivation and diet culture. But me as a person, as a human being, guys, I am imperfect and I'm trying to figure this out too. So let's work on this together. Trauma is tough. I'm sure you've been through some hard shit and I applaud you for working through that because it is not easy. And some of that stuff sticks with us. And a lot of the clients I work with have past traumas, whether it's you know even sometimes emotional or physical abuse. And that translates to their relationship with food. Maybe they don't feel like they're worthy of food. Um, it, it's so many different ways. So if that's you, know that it's worth working on, even though it's hard. Which brings me to my last therapy truth, which is investing in yourself is not always fun or feel good, but it's always worth it. You are always worth it. I can't begin to tell you how petrified I was going to my first therapy session. And it's not fun paying for therapy, right? Like I have problems. I have, I'm admitting that going to therapy. I'm going to pay you just to help me essentially talk through my problems. Right? Like that's therapy in a nutshell. And I can tell you tenfold, it's worth it. If you have a great therapist, it's worth it every single time, but it's not always fun. There have been therapy sessions where I do more crying than smiling. And when I come out with more questions than answers, and that's just a part of the process. And I can 100% say that coaching operates very similarly. Sometimes there's a lot of crying and not a lot of laughing. And other times we come out like, what the heck? How did my relationship with food end up like this? And it's frustrating. Or I feel like I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not seeing results. And it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, investing in a process that works for you and leaves you feeling fantastic, not just physically, but mentally, is worth it every single time. Find a good coach. Find a good therapist if that's where you're at in your life. But please invest in yourself because you are worth it which reminds me of the final Brene Brown quote that I'll share with you, which is to love ourselves and support each other in the process of becoming real is perhaps the greatest single act of daring greatly. And I hope this resonates with you today. But guys, learning to love yourself is hard as hell especially if you've grown up with scripting or messaging or limiting beliefs that haven't served you and continue to not serve you, but breaking free of those can feel really complicated and really challenging. And if that's where you're at, I just want to affirm that you are worth it. You are worth investing in. And you can get to a place where you love yourself physically and mentally. And I know if you're in a sticky spot, it doesn't feel like that's possible but I promise you it is. 
And the process is not going to be perfect. But that's the point. If you can find your real, authentic, true version of you, then you will live your highest quality of life and be completely and unapologetically authentic. And that, more than anything, is what I want for you. So I hope these therapy truths rang true for you, at least in just some small way. And I promise we'll get back to some nutrition stuff. I just really had this on my heart and I felt like I needed to talk about the importance of mental health when it comes to changing or improving or growing your physical health. And if that's something you're looking for some help or some guidance with, by no means I am not a mental health professional, uh, but I can refer you to a good one. And if you're looking for some guidance, some accountability, or a coach to help you with your relationship with food and your relationship with body image and self-confidence, hit your girl up because that, my friends, is what I'm here for. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.